Hello and welcome to the Cards HQ Louisville Sports Insiders Podcast. I'm Dominic Yates. Joining me, as always, is Cameron Teague Robinson. Cameron, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. Nice to relax for a day, yeah, especially during a busy week like the like the Kentucky week, for sure. Yes, so I'm glad you did, and I hope everyone did as well. And we thank you all for listening to this podcast, whether through the Apple Podcast. Be sure to go and subscribe. Thank you. You might be on our website or on SoundCloud. However you are listening to this podcast, it is very much appreciated. And yeah, Cameron just alluded to it. It was Kentucky week. The Louisville Cardinals, Scott Satterfield, got his first taste of that rivalry in the Governor's Cup. And it was a bitter taste. Yeah, yeah. More ways than one. Kentucky just dominated that game. Like, shockingly dominated. Yeah. You know, we both predicted, picked Kentucky to win. So there's no surprises there. But just how they did it. Yeah, they shouldn't have won by 30. Just dominated yeah. the game. Like, yeah. that was that just blew me away. Yeah. Especially yeah. the way it was tight during the first half. Even though it was a 17-13 to 13 lead, Kentucky like Kentucky control still controlled the game. The game. Which yes. is why you asked me after at halftime, do you still feel confident in your pick? Well, you asked, like, pretty much all the Curry General staff, and I was the only one who still felt confident. I was, like, the only person who said, yeah, I'm confident. Yeah. I was, like, I'm telling you, Kentucky's going to come out of halftime and go right down the field and score. And two plays into the second half, Lynn Bolden scored on a – 50-yard touchdown run. And it was like a good was, run, too. I never felt – I mean, that just Kentucky had control of that game after um, Lowell's opening touchdown um, to, to start the game. Yeah. Kentucky had control of the game for, from there. I mean, defensively, they dominated Lowell's offensive line, and offensively, I mean, Louisville couldn't do anything to stop that run game. Yeah. But I, I guess in all fairness, the reason why I wasn't 100% confident that I was still going to lean towards Kentucky because – and John Hale alluded to this as well. Kentucky has been in this situation so many times. They might have a lead, but they let the other team get some momentum, and then they just come out of the second half and just look lost and confused yeah. and don't play as hard and don't adjust. But you could tell they were on a mission yeah, from I the mean, get-go. Yeah, there was no – I didn't think there was any time like thought of a drop-off. They were just dominant and focused. They were locked in from the get-go, other than the first – other than the opening drive, which – you can argue Mikhail just threw a gorgeous pass on on a fourth and long. He did to two out for a touchdown. So he did, but yeah, I mean, I, I after that drive, I'm like, okay, Louisville's moving the ball. You know, we were curious. We we thought Kentucky's defense was going to be good, but after that first drive, like you said, a fourth and long converted it, turned into a touchdown, and they moved the ball pretty easily as well. I, I was like, okay, maybe this could be a a good game for yeah. Louisville because we kind of talked about that if that Louisville offense can match yeah Kentucky then they would be fine they'd outscore them yeah yeah and then I know that we were all saying like oh if the game is in the 20s it's good for Kentucky but I yeah. mean they got in the 40s yeah so I mean that was what it was and you know talked to Scott Satterfield after this game and in a way he almost looked like shocked that that happened in a way like he wasn't surprised that you know Kentucky was dominant but I think he was surprised at how just dominant well, up front they were yeah I mean I, I think Everybody knew they going into that game. Kentucky had one of the best offensive lines in the country. Um, they're just really big, really strong along that front line. I yeah. think he wasn't. I don't think he was surprised at that. I think he was more surprised at his guys. And I, he had, he said, "We've struggled defensively. It's not a sh- not like a surprise to anybody that mm-hmm. we've struggled defensively this year." I think what was the surprise was that you come off probably one of your worst tackling performances against Syracuse and have an even worse tackling performance against Kentucky. Um, I think that was a surprise. Or that was where the frustration stemmed. It wasn't that the guys weren't in the wrong places, that they just missed assignments like there was against Florida State or other teams. They just did, couldn't tackle. And I think that's what, where the frustration lied for him. 
what, on the defensive end specifically. Well, what blows my mind about just that defense was Kentucky threw two passes, completed one. Yeah. The second was a flea flicker that he was open. Yeah. And he just dropped the ball. The ball. Yeah. But 521 rushing yards. 17, I thought. Or was it 517? 517. More than 500 rushing yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. UT Martin didn't even give up 500 rushing yards the week before. So if you're Louisville and that defense, you have to be feeling pretty just down. You know, like I said, it's not a surprise. Like you said, all season long, you know, Wake Forest was scoring 59 points. Clemson was scoring in the fourth. You know, teams have scored points. You know, even Western in the second half got going and scored some points. Pretty much Eastern Kentucky was the only team that didn't manage to score some points on Louisville. So it shouldn't be a shock. But just the fact that you knew what Kentucky was going to do. Yeah. And they did it at will anyways. Right. And it's not like I Louisville looked prepared. And I think people They were in the spot. People like look at the points and the yardage and they just think, oh, must be the defensive coordinator. Like, no, they were right. They were where they needed to be. It is missed the tackles. The scheme, the play calls were, I mean, there were some bad play calls, but there right. were relatively some pretty good play calls. Um, they weren't bad. Like it's just I think it's, you just have to understand this is the same exact defense from last year that gave up over 270 yards a carry. I mean, not a carry, a game. Yeah. Um, it probably seemed like 270 yards a carry. Yes, it um, <laughs> but it just the scheme changed a little bit. They're playing harder, but it's not, you're still going to have games like that because they don't have the guys they need in their position, in yeah. their scheme. Yeah. The defensive line is still very small. Yeah. Very small. And I think the Kentucky, one of the Kentucky offensive linemen said it in his interview after the game is that like, we knew they were small we knew we could dominate them that's just what's going to happen yeah um so i'm not put i mean i think in some ways like anytime you get 500 yards part of it is on brian brown and the defense and scott satterfield and that staff but that's not all on them i think they've been for most part this year they've done the best they could with the guys they have um they just could not tackle at all on saturday uh yeah. and it wasn't even it wasn't even like it was diving or people running off you it was just poor angles yeah um guys could cut across the field and not even be like louisville just takes a terrible angle and it's not even contested tackle um just a lot of poor fundamental feet work footwork and, and props to the fact that i mean lynn bowden is an athlete yeah like he's a, he was he's a right so if you, if you take a poor angle on him it's not gonna go well he's gonna cut and he's gonna be gone yeah i mean he's used to being an open field that said if he said in his press conference is that once he gets to a hole he's basically a wide receiver again exactly just like catching the ball and running exactly so if you if you take a wrong angle on a guy who's that athletic and that quick he's not gonna get him um, exactly and that's just kind of what happened to all of saturday yeah so let's just uh little listen to scott satterfield a little bit just where he talked after that loss to kentucky we knew they were going to run the football, but it's still hard to stop. And so, is, you know, all the teams we played, you know, and, and defensively, we, we struggled. Quite honestly, we all know that. Um, we struggled this year tackling. Um, you know, we, we we don't have very much depth there on that side of the ball. Um, you know, we got to get a lot stronger. I think that was pretty evident um, up front and, and, you know, really at the linebacker front seven level. Um, you know, and then and we had guys there several times. We had guys there tonight and just could not get them down and, you know, broke tackles and then you don't score because there's nothing else there because you're trying to put everybody in that box to stop the run. And once they clear that five to six yard area, there's not anybody else there. And if you don't make a tackle, it's going to be a touchdown and that's why they had so many good plays. The one game that defined us for this season, I think we've, we've had a very solid year. I think uh, we've grown a lot from the time, you know, we got here in January till, till right now. Um, but I told them we, we also, when you go through tough time, when you go through adversity like this, you have to learn from it. 
you have to, you know, this taste that's in those, their mouth, um, they have to carry that on, particularly the young guys that are going to be back as we go throughout the offseason. And you have those days where you don't want to go to weights. You have those days where you don't want to do things right, where you think about this, what it feels like in this locker room, so that propel you to work harder next year. And so, um, you know, and, and I hate it for the seniors, you know, I hate it for them to have to go out like this, but um, against uh, this team. But, you know, for the young guys, we got to learn from it and continue to grow. That game is over. Louisville still seven wins, still going to a bowl game. Right now, obviously, it's like the recruiting time. Saw some stuff on social media. Right, yeah, they're going to be out for, I think, the rest of the week. They got in-homes with, like, the current commits, and then they're also – they got some targets that they're trying to get yeah. to finish up. I think a lot of it is – obviously, a lot, a lot of it needs to be in the front seven. I know yes. Louisville is really trying to get another linebacker in the 2020 class um, and some defensive linemen. So, I think, yeah, that's kind of what – the whole week is going to be recruiting for the most part until they get back um, – I think they get back this weekend um, right before bowls get announced. Yes, and speaking of bowls, there's still a couple options out there. The one, like I said, benefit for Louisville, even though the Kentucky loss was a bad one, they still finished second in the Atlantic Division of the ACC. Right. And they're still in a good spot to get a pretty good bowl. Right. Like the Detroits, the Shreveport, you know, all of those are out the window. They don't have to worry Most about likely, those. Most likely, yeah. More than likely, yeah. yes, but – Obviously, you know, there's been some potential ones out there. So, I mean, Cameron, you have the paper. You just want yeah. to break down so those possible ones? What I had, what I had kind of thought of this, looked at this morning, is you're looking at kind of who's locked in. And I, I said it weeks ago. I said if Louisville wins eight games, they are absolutely locked into a Tier 1 bowl. You win seven. You're st- I still think they have a good chance of getting in. They're just not locked in. Exactly. I think Wake Forest is locked into a Tier 1 bowl. Virginia Tech is as well. Mm-hmm. Um it just depends where you go. I think I don't think Louisville's going to the Belk Bowl. I think Virginia Tech will probably get that. Um, but then you, I think your likely destinations are the Music City Bowl, which is in Nashville, um, based on location, is mm-hmm. what a lot of this stuff is going to be. Um, I think Louisville fans will travel pretty well to Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there are rumors that Indiana could be the Big Ten team that comes down there, although it's supposed to be an SEC tie, but they could take a Big Ten team if they want. Um, if not, there's been projections that it could be Tennessee. I think a, uh, Louisville, Tennessee, Music City Bowl would be awesome. I think oh, that place yeah. would be packed. Yes, it would. Um, and then obviously you have you still have a few other tier one bowls, the Sun Bowl and the Pinstripe Bowl, which um, there have been projections for that, but I'm not sure. I don't think that. I don't know how realistic that is, um, just because of the other teams there. Um, North Carolina winning probably pushes them into a tier one bowl. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts. I think the fall, the furthest Louisville could fall. It's probably the military bowl, which is the number the number one additional bowl, which is in the Annapolis, Maryland. Mm-hmm. But um, I just, I still like their chances of being a tier one bowl. I think the way ACC does it is they take the eight and four teams, and then the seven win teams, and then I think UNC, which is the only other six win team, and throw them into a bucket. And they send all the they send all these names out to the bowls, and they pick. Um, so. I, th- I believe that's how it's done. But Louisville's got a pretty good shot at being a tier one team. I think. Absolutely, and. I don't know. For some like my gut says probably Nashville. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the most likely option at this point. Yeah, spot. that's kind of where my gut is. That's yeah. where you've seen it projected more than once. Which, hey, I love Nashville. Yeah, there are <laughs> a few projections for the military bowl too. Yeah, uh, which would not be ideal for Louisville because the team projected to go to the military bowl most most of any of, any of them is Navy, who the literally only runs team. the ball. Yes, the, one of the best rushing teams in the country. Yeah, so whatever. Yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that. So. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. And December eighth, yeah, is when that is when usually come it will out. come out. It so. usually comes out after college football playoff is set, mm-hmm. um, and then the bowls will start picking what they want to do. Yeah, so once those conference championship games are played and 
especially, you know, with the SEC, especially with, you can say, a little bit of a shake-up, you know, about right. Georgia and LSU, and you know what I mean, right. all those it's, teams. It's probably and, actually more important to see how the New Year's Six Bowls are because you kind of know the teams that are in contention for a college football playoff. Yeah. But after that, you want to see how those New Year's Six shake at-large bids shake out. Yeah. Um, and then you want to see how they see if Virginia loses – to Clemson, which many people expect them to. I think right. they're a 28-point underdog, which exactly. is absolutely absurd. Yes. Um, Clemson is on a different level right yeah, now. Yeah. I, I think you, then you could have an argument, should Virginia Tech go to the Orange Bowl or should Virginia go to the Orange Bowl? I think um, there's, a, there's a lot of moving parts to go with that. Yes, but we just have to wait and see what happens with Louisville. Right. And that my, pick is my, my prediction is Music City Bowl. Mine I've too. only been wrong twice this year, so I'm going to be right. So, boom, there you go. Or you could be wrong. I've only been wrong twice. The odds are my, the the odds are my favorite because I've been right so much but this year. You could be wrong a third time. I'm just saying I've been I've been right most of the time. Hey, I'm just you know anything can happen. Say you've been wrong more than I have. So like no, I, I think I've been wrong. Well, three times I guess. Yeah, so more than I have. Just saying. That doesn't mean nothing though. It means nothing at all. Anyways, we're moving along though for Louisville. So you don't want to have a ACC Coach of the Year debate. Do you want to? No, we don't have to. I let's the, do it. The the ACC awards will come out this week, I believe. So Makai Beckham was, was just named most outstanding blocker of the ACC, which is good because my ACC uh, all ACC ballot I had Makai as the number one offensive tackle. There you go. Um, so and then so I think that all ACC all ACC team comes out Tuesday. Um, player of the year, offensive player of the year, all that stuff comes out Wednesday, I believe, and coach of the year comes out Thursday. I could be wrong on some of those days. I know Coach of the Year comes out Thursday. Who do you think will uh, be ACC Coach of the Year? I picked Satterfield. You did I flip flopped on it a little bit. With Dabo? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think those are the only two with with Fonte losing to, with Virginia Tech losing to Virginia. Um, I don't think Rocco Mendenhall gets it just because um, they had a good year, but it wasn't like so- shocking. And they also lost to Louisville at Louisville. So yeah. um, I just said you turn a two win to a five win difference, potential six win difference at the bowl game. Um, I think I just think in terms of the actual coaching that went into it, I do now I do give Dabo more credit than a lot of people do at Clemson because he lost a lot on that defensive side of the ball last year. Now they don't really re- as somebody emailed me very angrily from something I don't remember what I wrote that they were mad about, but they said Clemson doesn't rebuild; they just reload. They have talented players just sitting on the bench. Yeah, true, yeah, that's very true. But you got to coach them and you got to get them in the right spots. Um, and that defense, while the offense struggled all season, was the dominant force for them. Yes. So I and did they've been that. on a new level too, right? Especially these last like five, six games. Exactly. And now the offense has caught up. Yeah. And I don't know. I think I think they're gonna be hard to beat. But I give Dabo credit. But I still think Satterfield, what what everything he did, he can turn two two and up into a, a potential All American. I mean, he, well, he wasn't there last year. Javon Hawkins is the third best running back in the ACC right now. Just, he I, redshirted. Yeah, they yeah. had three carries last year. Yeah, just yeah. It, I just it, every, it, it blows my mind. Mikael Cunningham. Yeah. I mean, he got Evan Conley some reps. You yeah. can go, yeah. You can really go down the list, especially on those offensive players. So. Yeah. So I just what he did with that. I just I had to give him ACC Coach of the Year and my vote. I know I know I've talked to other voters who I think are going to vote for Satterfield as well, but I don't know. I think it'll be a close one between him and Dabo. Yeah. So. That will come out very soon. So yeah, release really Thursday. Coach we'll wait and see Thursday. what happens. So if it's Dabo, don't be surprised or upset. I, w- I wouldn't be shocked. But if it's Satterfield, it is very deserving yeah. as well. So that's going to be interesting, really, and okay. when that comes out. In terms of the Louisville guys on the ACC ballot, um, I don't know. I don't think they get more than three or four. 
I mean, it'll be the usual guys. Has to be right. Makai, Javion, and Tutu. Yeah, I would think those are the three that were on my ballot. Right. I I had Marshawn Ford on on it um, as my third tight end for a minute, and then yeah. I took him off for somebody else last minute. But um, he would be the only one I could think. There's too many good quarterbacks to put McHale on there. Oh yeah. Um, I think it's it's he's had a really good year, but it's just too many quarterbacks to put him on that list right now. Yeah. So he would be on there. There's no, there's no defensive guys making the list. There is not. Yeah. You know, but maybe like uh, Hassan Hall might. I, yeah, oh yeah, there, I had so. I had Hassan Hall on my on my ballot as a specialist. Yes, so I mean, there's no he's surprises. A, yeah, he's my there. third kick returner. But outside of that, you know, yeah, that's about it. No kickers, no defensive guys, no nothing like that. So. Yeah, no, I can and unless someone votes C.J. Avery, but there's a ton of good linebackers in the ACC. <laughs> um, yes, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough spot. But consider considering we're having a conversation about all ACC players when Louisville got zero last year and zero on the preseason poll. I, I think it's I think it shows kind of the improvement they've made. Again, yeah, they were picked to finish dead last right. in the ACC. They right. didn't have any preseason chatter. Yeah, we talked about um, probably win three or four games. Yeah. and I mean, again, I seven know, wins, so, yeah, a chance a at game. eight, going yeah. to a bowl game. Players are on the preseason or the player of the year. You know, not player of the year, but like all the all, ball, all ACC yeah. ballots. Satterfield might be coach of the year again. It's. I keep saying it speaks volumes to what they've done, but it is true. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So that's it for this week's podcast, Cameron. You ready to go? Yeah, quick one. Yeah, so we thank you all for listening to this podcast. We plan to have another one once we find out where Louisville will go bowling. Yeah, Uh, we'll probably keep it going weekly until – maybe not weekly until the bowl game because after – I don't know. It's weird because there's like a lull. There's like a three weeks of just nothing but practice right. before the bowl game. And we're not talking about practice. Yeah, we don't want to talk about practice. We're talking not about a game. game. Not a game. Not practice. <laughs> Thank you all again for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the Apple Podcast. Follow along on our website and SoundCloud as well. Be sure to follow at CJ underscore Teague at RealDYates for all things coming from the Courier Journal. I lied. I, Marshawn Ford is on my ballot. I didn't take him off. Shout out Marshawn Ford. You got an ACC vote. Thank you all for listening, (laughs) and we'll see you next week.